everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I am Catherine Druckmann. Uh, Doc Searles is here with me today, and so is Sean Powers, one of our favorite frequent guest hosts. Um, and well, we're hello. gonna hello, <laughs> thanks, Sean. Um, so yeah, well, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have a chat. We're gonna reminisce. We're gonna talk. We're probably gonna talk about Apple because we always do. We can't help ourselves. Uh, we're gonna solve the problems of the world. We're going to talk about employment and work and the difference between the two and the effect yeah, of the pandemic and, all uh, of those things. and lightning and thunder. You'll hear that too. Yeah, it's it's that, a, it's a complete show. We're not going <laughs> to solve the problems. Yeah. Oh, we're not no, going to solve the problems of the world, but we're going to identify them and bum mm -hmm. everybody out. That is, that <laughs> yeah. is accurate. Inevitably. So before we get started, I would like to remind everyone to visit our website at reality cast.com where you could sign up for our newsletter. You could click some links that go along with each episode. You can even find transcripts of most of our episodes, which are kind of handy. Uh, they're not perfect because they are uh, machine generated, but they are helpful. Um, and also, before I forget, I want to thank GDK, who has supported us on Coffee. So thank you very much. Thank you. And everyone else who supports us on Coffee and Patreon and various other means. And also thank you to the people who email us with comments because we really appreciate those too. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, with that, so there's there are a few things going on. There's apparently, so the EU is telling Apple not to hide behind privacy to avoid competition. There's some little antitrust stuff going on. There's- Really? Um, yeah. Google announced that they're going to support third-party cookies now for an additional year they said they were going to stop in 2022 and yeah. now they're, they're going to support it until 2023 probably because of the pushback proposed regulations could force apple to allow a turn of app stores the app store thing has nothing to do with privacy actually i mean it it's like hiding behind privacy i, I, I think sometimes just, i think people confuse privacy and security right i mean oh they totally they're, do. they're trying to make it more secure by not allowing you know malware to go through um, well, they have their that, thing. They they have that thing where they they they're, they re they request apps to not follow you, or you know, there's the, the right, thing right. of the, there's a privacy request that you can make of apps, and I think they're hiding behind that now too. They're saying, well, we need all this control because we're protecting the users, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so well, there's a lot and, of that going on. And and when you're when you can afford to be when you put yourself in a position where you can't imagine any other way of doing it. It's like we we control the platform and therefore we just need as much control as we could possibly have in order in order to make everything work. It is exactly what China does. I mean, in every respect. I mean, it's like, unless we're in charge of the whole damn thing and, and we're sphinctering everything, um, we're unsafe and uh, and chaos will result and the rest of it. And, and is that because of that, I don't think you can even imagine not having not having their own app store in charge of everything. But it, an interesting thing is it goes beyond that. So let me run this one past you. And the thing that we're working on at Customer Commons with our CTO, who's actually, the, he and his little team are writing this thing, it's apps that run on the thing we call the Intentron. It doesn't matter what the Intentron does, except it's yours. And like Sean gets up and walks away. <laughs> I know you can still hear. It's great. <laughs> this is what you get for being vis visible or visual. Anyway, so the idea is that we have, it's, it's an old Linux thing. I, I want my own box. And you've got your own little tiny thing that actually is your Intentron. And it's running code on Linux. But the interesting thing is the idea behind it is, is apps that don't require a platform. And, and it's very hard to think about apps as not requiring a platform, especially the ones that you get on a phone, right? But why, why, would, why would an app only want to run on a phone? Why would it only run on, on a, a given company's um, uh, software platform or cloud or whatever else it might be? The idea that you, you have your own independent device that can run code and your own apps that run on that. And... And we have that actually with Linux anyway. I mean, if in a, in a in in a way that all Linux geeks are familiar with, I'm running, I'm running my own. Uh, I was going to say, know. be careful though, Doc, because you're starting to describe Java, like run it on any platform. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, and runs, then, run and everywhere. Uh, run right, right, one run it right, once, run every, everywhere. That one of our my my old company's very first tech 
um, clients was one with um, one of the world's worst names. We had a lot that had the worst names, but this name was, this is before everybody named there something that had a missing E before the R at the end, you know, like uh, uh, like Flickr and, or any of those. This is in 1980, and it was called Business Application Systems. <laughs> like, we had one called Data Tech and another one called Tech Data, right? So there were this, <laughs> that's the kind of names they had back then. Um, but, um, but the dream of this thing was what they called machine independent software. So, and because at that time there were nothing but mainframes and the mainframes were all ran their own operating systems. They were all different and you had to be tied into that. And this is what Java ended up becoming. That was the idea behind Java, right? But, but I mean, just to get back to Apple again, you know, they, they want that dependency. They, how can, how can we give you the ultimate experience that if I'm not mistaken, all three of us are having right now, you know, um, Without yeah, we're that. on Macs. Right, because we're all on Macs. And, yeah. and we all have Linux boxes too, but we're not running those right now for this. It's because true. Because we, we have to be wizards if we're doing that. And we, you know, and eh. Apple's made for muggles, you know, with some wizard gravy on it, but mostly for muggles. But everybody else is a muggle. And they do the great stuff for the muggles. So there we are. I don't know. Sometimes well, I think I'm a muggle. I don't know. Do you feel this way, Sean? Like you have one of those work days where you're like, but I don't yes. even know how to install Drupal. Imposter syndrome. You get imposter oh, syndrome. Oh God, it's so, it's like crippling sometimes. And it's it's always at the weirdest times. You just I have a really to, rough day to, when. Eh, yeah, I had to forward a port. That's all I had to do is forward a port on a, on a router, on a remote router. And I did it. I've done it a thousand times. I did it today and it wouldn't work. No matter what I did, I checked the firewall settings, you know, port for, I won't go into the details. It turns out, guess what I had to do to fix it? guess um restart your computer <laughs> close i had to restart the router i literally had to turn it off turn it back on and it worked perfectly fine <laughs> was yeah. close. you had to yeah. unplug and something was, <laughs> and it was a ubiquity it was a really nice router and it still i had to turn it off turn it back on it was the most ridiculous yeah. thing i had a weird technical difficulty today where i literally just had to like manually delete a folder and everything was fine it's a long story it's complicated it's... yeah and i have like stories really? that really I don't even want to hear much less other people want to hear me tell them so yeah nobody wants to hear my story but but yeah you know it's one of those days it, it, it's a it's a wizard muggle thing though it's like yeah okay my point of all of that was yeah. that i if i can use a linux desktop everyone can <laughs> fortunately I, I i i i'm not competent enough to imagine i'm a wizard so i don't have any imposter syndrome at all i just bring in somebody else who really is a wizard to fix whatever it is it is um you know, I, I, when I when I have, I mean, I, you know, I'm re, I mean, I remember when I got to Linux Journal in like 98, I think it was, oh, no, it was earlier than that, earlier than that. And I was in Seattle when we were in Seattle and, um, and, and I, and we all, at, back then, Linux Journal was prosperous enough that we had our own machines, you know. Here, there were desktops. I mean, there were there were tower things on a desk and and uh, and old-fashioned monitors and um, and I was writing a story um, and I you know using VI, which I just barely begun to understand and try and and I was told no no we do everything in VI everything's VI and and then I went to save it off in some other way and then I got this you didn't read the man pages you didn't look at the bug lists what's wrong with you and I thought. Oh my God, I'm in the wrong place, you know. <laughs> and that's and I said, well, look, man, you want me to cover business? I, I'm going to cover business. I'm not going to cover this stuff because I'm not competent for that. That's hardcore. You know? They made you use VI to actually yeah. write in. I mean, oh, that's, yeah, no, wow. You, you had to. Yeah. You don't need any man pages. You just need the mug of VI. <laughs> Unsolicited uh, plug oh there for no starch press well, swag. You know, and but it the, is very handy. If you use VI, VI, you need this mug. It has all well, the commands. Like well, that, the mug is almost like a version. I don't know if you had any of the like Linux Journal's parent company, which is also Phil Hughes. Phil, you owned Linux Journal. You owned the parent company. The parent company was called SSC, one of those old school, which stood for specific something. So I forget what it was. stood for SSC. I used to know, and I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I always assumed it was super sexy computers. Specialized yeah, it was just SSC.com. It was early something. enough for that. Yeah, and and um, but Phil made his bones entirely with with these cheater cards. Basically, there were these mm -hmm. folded up cards. There's one for VI. There was one for yeah, Bash. We had uh, we had Brian on last week. There there were one. There's one for Emacs. There were ones for 
all, all basically there was a command list. It was basically here, mm-hmm. here, here are your keyboard commands for everything you'd ever want to do. And of course, um, the Emacs one had to fold out a couple. It of had times. to fold out quite a <laughs> bit. Uh, and and cause it's not going to fit on Phil a Phil was a VI guy. We may not have had an Emacs one. I just made that up. But I, uh, but it was handy. I mean, they were they were handy and and all of that. But when I got to whatever it was that I was trying to save something off, and it was the man pages, and I didn't read those. I didn't even know there were man pages when I started out. Like, like what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's man pages. Right man over there. Oh, okay. You know, oh, geez. Anyway. Um, but it, it, you know, it, 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 the key thing is that, I mean, and this is the sort of the European thing that to get back to Apple in Europe, they're, that Apple wants to be good with privacy and that Apple runs essentially a, a monopoly in its, in its app store are different things. You know, they're, um, my old friend Craig Burton, who I'd love to have on the show sometime, um, uh, said every big company is what he called a thousand tornadoes. There, there are all these tornadoes going on inside. They're not, they're all different. And, you know, tentacle A of the giant, not octopus, but what it would be a thousand puss, you know, a thousand tentacle thing. Um, a megapus? That'd be a million. Uh, Listeners right now are thinking I'm an idiot. That's what's happening right <laughs> no, now. No, they're thinking we're... Doc, you They're thinking something. I'm not Move sure. Move the decimal point over. Think of your Latin and get this thing straight. Um, um, Killipus. A killipus. Okay, a thousand, a thousand tentacles. <laughs> you know, but that's what it's like. And, you know, and, and Apple is much more monolithic than most. But I think the coolest thing happening at Apple right now, and this is important, we, we should talk about this too, is what we're doing right now. We're all working from home. And a bunch of Apple people didn't want to come and work in the big wheel. You know, it's just what the Apple Apple building is. You know, this giant, beautiful wheel from you can see from space. And and because they wanted to be able to work at home. And they thought it was not right for Apple to demand that they come in and work on premises. And um, I have a son in the other room, 24 years old, who works in the recruitment business of all things, you know, um, in the business of, of, of acquiring talent, as it were. And he actually thinks, he and his buddies think it's just not right for any company to require people to come into the office if they don't have to. You should be able to work at home. You should be able to work wherever the hell you want as long as you get the work done. So in the, mean, in the meantime, we're looking at giant office buildings still going up all over Manhattan, you know, and which are filled with, yeah. It's interesting. I, it's, it's one of the big- Do you think it's a control changes. issue? Do you think it's still just a control issue, you know, uh, companies no. wanting to control? I read something about, I think that was the, was it the CEO of Goldman Sachs or it was one of the big financial, you know, entities. And, you know, basically he said something kind of, well, it was a little bit unkind, but it was something like, if you want to get paid, you know, New York City money, you need to, you know, sit in the New York City office. And and they're expecting people to be back full time by, I can't remember when this year, but it's, it's pretty, it's coming up here pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, obviously there's pushback, but, you know, if you want to, if that's your field and, and you want to stay in it, I guess, you know, I, I you know, I don't know how much pushback uh, the higher ups would tolerate, but um, I don't know. I mean, I it, know. It, it, you know, it depends on the industry, I guess. And maybe we could change the whole, you know, what it requires, what it's, how much you have to make to live in New York or, you know, oh, San yeah, Francisco or whatever. <laughs> I mean, if, if people could, you know, work from Iowa, for those tech companies, perhaps it would be, you know, fewer people would live there. The population density would go down and, you know, housing would be a little more affordable. I don't know. Um, I, 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 it's hard to see a downside to working from home for the economy. I mean, you know, there's going to be well-paid people in rural areas. It's going to bring money there. Um, I, yeah, I, I hope it's a trend that the pandemic may have sparked, uh, you know, become a yeah. catalyst to make it a, a trend. I, I hope it is. I hope it is. I personally feel that way, but you know, it's, it's funny because you and I, Sean, we live in parts of the country that are not so expensive, honestly, you know, I live right, in a city, exactly. I live in Houston and, and, and I'm it's a big city. <laughs> yeah. So, so for us having the privilege of having our own private workspace within our house is not such a big deal. I have an extra bedroom. It's not a big deal. I have a, an office, you know, I get a lot done. I have my little fortress of solitude, you know, I have really, you know, high speed internet. It's, it's great. It works out really well for me, but but people have pointed out and there's been a little pushback because 
you know, companies are basically um, offloading some of the expense of, of having an office onto the, the employee, because now the employee has to provide the space and, and the facility and the desks and the chairs and, and all of these things. Um, and you know, a lot of companies obviously are reimbursing for a lot of that, those expenses. But if you're living in a city like San Francisco or New York, you may not be able to have a dedicated workspace. So you may kind of be forcing yourself to share your small living space or your small bedroom or something like that with your workspace. And, and a lot of people, some people work great that way and are perfectly happy, but some people aren't. So Or you know, sell your place and move. Yeah, or that. I mean, but I mean, again, I'm not in, saying that's the always the idea, but you know. Well, and, and that's assuming also a fully remote arrangement. I think a lot of people are going to sort of a hybrid, like once or twice a week situation where you're still expected mm -hmm. to show up occasionally. So you would have to live in the vicinity of some office building somewhere, you know, and then um, and then the rest of the time you're in your tiny apartment, you know, at your tiny little desk, and I don't know. It well, it, it yeah. it's interesting. I've seen I've I seen that brought many... up many times. I wonder how many jobs really require that or if it's just a, you know, kicking and screaming all the way to make sure people are, I don't know, what, wearing pants occasionally? I, I don't know, but, <laughs> you know, Doc, you said like no. your son that there's fewer and fewer people who are willing to go into the office. Um, I, I, I could see that as a trend that's happening. I mean, if you could it's live totally here, happening. I, yeah, yeah, I, if you could I, live here and work from anywhere or work anywhere, but live in my house, I mean... It's I, I this is a huge room that is now my office, you know, and and it's much more affordable than yeah, honestly than commuting when I lived in a big city even. Yeah, the, a, a couple of things. One is that um, I think what happens when we have a a big catastrophe like like uh, I mean basically something that completely upsets everybody's lifestyle and 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 you know and and the flywheels of normal life go you know get disabled i mean hey there's no business now that you know that, that people i mean there are no more restaurants for a while there there's no there are no gyms there's no going into work there's no you know we're all staying home there's no school hey school's gone church is gone um that's what we had for the better part of a year if not longer and and when it's over it's kind of like you, you start rethinking that i mean you know do you need to go to I mean, you you could go to church even remotely. You can even uh, even do that. I mean, my wife and I actually did that. We went to remote mass, and and if anything wants you to be there, it's the damn Catholic church. I shouldn't say, yeah, but anyway, yeah, it is. But it, it really is. I mean, you better go get the host here. I mean, you're not you're not doing it right. But you know, it, it's basically, and everybody adapts. And but one of the things that kind of throws into question is what what do you really need what you need is work to get done if there really is work right and the other it's not a job i mean that's one of the weird things that the, the notion the word job didn't show up in in this in, in the current usage until 1900 at at the height of the early industrial age i mean basically when when taylorism came along and we needed people to be to be factory types to be to be cogs in in corporate machines and and we did that very efficiently and it worked really well for a long time but but when most of the work is white collar and it's on the internet and and you've got like a pretty good screen even if it's a small one right there on your laptop and um do you need to come into work i i, I was thinking there's a guy we know who um went through a, a, one of the great uh, awful experiences. He, he was a, an executive, high-level executive with Cantor Fitzgerald, which is the company that lost what like a thousand people on 9/11 because they were in like the top or one of the top floors of the World Trade Center. And he's like on the phone with some people and, and witnessing this as it's going on. He's in California at the time, and everybody knew there died. I mean, you know, I mean, there's thousand, a, a huge number of people. I remember that. If this, if they, would you construct the same company the same way? Now it could be that. I don't know Cantor Fitzgerald's business. It's in the financial world, but maybe you need like a big triptych of three big screens that you're looking at at the same time. But you could do that at home too. I mean, you could set up, you know, you could, yeah, you probably have <laughs> yeah. that. We're not looking at I've, I've got like three over there. You've I've got four one here, screens. I've got one over there, one over there. Wow. I've got so many. I've got, I've got, well, I have one. a lot of different laptops for a lot of I've different I've got purposes. one and, it's, and I'm, I'm thinking what I want to set up in, uh, when I get to uh, Bloomington, I, what, what I'm going to set up there because it's, it's going to be, different than this and this is actually I'd like it a very old screen and there's an old camera in the screen but um, I've got to zero base it uh, 
but yeah, I mean, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll put real thought into whatever I'm going to do to outfit where I'm living at the time and when I'm not moving. But even today we had, you know, somebody's in here, they're vacuuming the house. And so I moved from room, to, not the house, this apartment, but it's big enough. I could move from room to room at my laptop and get what I was doing done. And that's a, you know, that's a wonderful grace, you know, um, uh, our, our son who's going to, um, who works in the recruitment business has already set up his desk here. He's got several screens and he's working part-time from home and part-time from his, from an office. And, um, and he's setting it up very carefully, you know, for himself. It's like you're, you know, just by any pants, you want the ones that fit, right? You know, offices aren't like that. It's kind of like you get a cubicle and put Dilbert cartoons up on the wall because it's an unpleasant place to be, <laughs> You know, it's... I mean, that's a good point. Although I said, and, and, and that you actually, that's an interesting point too. So, you know, in the, in pre COVID, maybe you, you had that, that environment where you had your little dedicated workspace at your company and, and you'd go to your office and you'd have a cubicle or you'd have a, a private office or you'd have whatever. Um, and you could kind of decorate it. You have your photos and your, your Dilbert cartoons and whatnot. And, um, but now, you know, I think, as companies sort of move to this hybrid thing that I've read quite a bit about where, you know, may it's almost more like a co-working environment um, mm -hmm. where you don't necessarily have a dedicated space. And, and, and I think this is something that's becoming more and more common. And I think it actually honestly was before COVID because you had a lot of those hybrid work environments, um, especially in, you know, tech companies, Silicon Valley area, but um but yeah, anyway, but it, but it's still it's not your space then, you know. It's it's a shared, it's a transient kind of space, like it, and and that's a very different thing from you know. I have my, you know, Darth Vader posters, and I have my little, my little, uh, like indoor planter with the grow light. I swear it's not weed. <laughs> it's actually time. I'm growing time on my desk, and it has a grow light. I just, sorry, that's an aside. I I've ordered a lot of grow lights on Amazon recently, and I'm pretty sure I'm on some sort of oh, watch list. Yeah, you're on one it's of herbs. I'm growing basil and oregano and <laughs> sage and rosemary and chai. Anyway, I have a lot of herbs that I'm growing, and yeah, anyway. But you have to grow them indoors, and or else you're gonna they're gonna get eaten by bugs. And you're you know. trying too hard to explain it, Catherine. I don't. Sorry, I'm trying too hard. Now I'm gonna have to cut this whole thing out. But I swear, yeah. No, we have a grow light here uh, <laughs> outside. Um, it's called the sun, and and but it doesn't get as hot here in New York, or, or as weird as it does in in, in the subtropics like you're in in, in Houston. But yeah. I, I I have so a hot. we have a bunch of you know it's, it's, this is the third floor of an apartment, the top floor of a very small apartment building. It's got a little de a little balcony in the front. It's only about as big as a single bed, you know, maybe a little bit bigger, and there's one in the front and one in the back, and there are. Um, uh, uh, planters, you know, little little plastic planters that look like a uh, a coffin for <laughs> for a small <laughs> animal, uh, yeah, and they I have those. <laughs> and yeah, and and you know, and you buy soil from Home Depot, and and you buy some plants, and you put them in there. But there, we haven't, we didn't do any flowers last year at all, and this place nobody nobody was here, and but the one thing that came back was rosemary, and the rosemary bush is like very hardy and big and kitten kind of ugly but it's rosemary it's the real thing and we're using mm -hmm. it uh which is sort of it's sort of a, a test like you know the the oregano and the or the mint came back the mint but, but mint's a the mint kind mint's, of regenerated itself whereas the mint's hard to kill like unless you're me <laughs> yeah it, there's some people have the, the the touch yeah my wife has the touch she kills plants and i'm i'm watering them all the time except now like, it's raining out there doing really yeah. well but just i don't know something happened to the mint and i think maybe bugs i don't know it's, it's weird because i thought bugs don't eat mint but uh, something happened i, to I mint think most plants aren't meant to grow in boxes actually or indoors <laughs> or in texas uh, yeah, or in texas <laughs> yeah. yeah i have my my balcony i have a balcony i have a yard but i also have a balcony it's a whole weird thing that's oh, cool with my house but um but yeah the balcony garden is doing actually really well uh, and I but again I wonder what the neighbors think because now I have these weird like kind of purplish lights <laughs> mm. <laughs> to well, supplement because it's like mostly shaded and you know I need more sun but anyway it yeah these, this is, these are my uh, pandemic hobbies gardening and well this you know I mean to, to, to sort of keep it on whatever track we were on it's like we're we're living a different life at home and a different life at Very work much. and and in the vent of the two of them together 
Uh, it's it's very different. I mean, even Linux Journal, which we all work for, um, when when I started with it full time in like ninety six or seven, whenever it was, there was a command that came down from Phil. You know, you're going to move to Seattle. We need you here. You need to be here. And and we had a staff. We had a, a good sized staff and offices and all of that. And then when uh, when Carly took over, even before that, I think. Um, it was like, no, Carly went to Texas, and um, and suddenly it was that nobody needed to be anywhere. And I think I actually broke it because I said, I know I'm not going up there. I'll go up and visit like once a month or something like that, which I did. Um, and we had a great time. I remember we all saw The Matrix together when The Matrix came out in 99, and that was like almost a religious experience. It like, was like, oh, yeah, that's the best metaphor for marketing I've ever seen in my life, and it's still my favorite movie of all time. And, and you know but and there was a staff then but uh the thing i remember best besides that about that is i rented a ford of some kind it was a new one and that when i shut the door on one side a part of it fell off on the other side of the car <laughs> literally a piece of the a piece of the thing that's be the, the, the pillar that's between the windows literally like flew off on the other side when i slammed the door of the car so when one door closes another opens <laughs> <laughs> exactly it was like that but so yeah. I think, so I haven't, I haven't worked at a place since 2012, I guess, 2012, mm -hmm. 2013. Otherwise I've, I've, I've worked at home ever since then. Um, I, I think that the pandemic is going to make it harder for companies to convince employees that they need to be in the office because they, you know, I mean, an employee can say, well, we weren't in the office for a whole year and things were fine. You know, and, and I think that's a that's a valid thing to say. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that it changes the way that the industries that can support remote workers, I hope that they're able to do that, not just so that people can stay home. I mean, I'm a homebody, I'm an introvert, I like the idea, but I truly think that it can help some rural economies. I mean, if if you can go to the place where you can buy a house for cheap that has an extra bedroom, and then you do your grocery shopping in this, you know, podunk town um, and you get your money from the New York company or whatever. I don't know. I just think that it's it's a it's a good idea all the way around. I don't know if it'll how it'll go. So, but. so here's a question for both of you guys, because you're both more employed, I think, than I am. Um, more employed? Yeah, in degrees. the sense that there's a company that you deal yes, with and report to. Right. And um I have a number of them, but they're, none of them would consider themselves my employer. Um, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, Doc does some work for us, not I'm employee Doc. Um, Lane, I don't get a, whatever it is, 1099 from them or whatever. Anyway, W9, W something. I thought you were going to say paycheck. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, pay, that's no, not, not a, a job paycheck. at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I, do get, I do get checks, but they're not paychecks. So, but my point, my, 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 not a point, this is a question. Does let's say things pan out that we were talking about now, which is where workers don't have to be at work uh, in, 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 a, in a building or in, in an office. Does the amount or the kind of work itself change? Like, do, does the company suddenly need more or fewer employees? Uh, does it need them to do different work than they did before, not just do the same work remotely? I'm wondering about that because I, I think so, there's some of that will happen, but I don't know what. I can't think of an example. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of um, th there's lots of boon and there's lots of problems. I mean, uh, one of the things that I've struggled with my entire time working in a home office is that work life separation, right? I mean, I'm always mm -hmm. at work and I'm always at home, and separating those two is difficult. So I think that uh, th that is maybe a boon for the company because, hey, you're always at work. You can do something really quick for yeah. me. Um, mm. But uh, as far as will will you need more employees? I don't know. I think just the sheer number of meetings that you don't have to go sit at. Um, <laughs> but they disappearing. still happen on Zoom. <laughs> they happen yeah. on Zoom. But I mean, you and I both know that you can multitask a lot easier in a Zoom meeting than you can in a corporate boardroom meeting. Of yeah. course, I don't know. I had a laptop there too, but. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my camera's um, not working right now. Um, so, you know, yeah. and, I'm on mute, and I'm on mute and you have no freaking idea, right? I think I'm, I'm actually very fortunate in that most of the meetings I'm in, I, 
are number one pretty short they're efficient uh and um uh are engaging so i actually do need to be engaged (laughs) which i think is actually a a good thing you know i think we're doing it right um but yeah no i i I totally see your point yeah catherine in in your case your your company was born remote essentially you know right? um yes and no i i mean i mean it has does it have real. an office I, in boston or somewhere yeah oh yeah a huge office um yeah. i would i mean there are a lot of people working in that office um <laughs> the thing i feel like i haven't been around long enough to comment all that much however um there is definitely an office there and it is beautiful i've never been to it but it is beautiful um, I've seen, seen enough legend, of it to know that. Legend has it. <laughs> yes. No, I, I know people who've been there. No, but yeah, it's, it's, um, there are a lot of people there and, and there's a lot of, there are advantages to being in the office, um, that I completely understand and I hope to visit one day, I guess that's how I would mm. put it. But, um, but yeah, you know, it, I think it depends on the company. It depends on the type of work you do. It depends on on the team you're on, you know, there, there are a lot of considerations, like, you know, a lot of teams working in, in software are distributed all over the world. Right. So like mm. what Sean said earlier about, you know, not necessarily being able to turn off or work life balance. And I have to emphasize that my issues with this are my, my issues, my personal issues, because nobody mm. expects me to do this, but I find myself, I'll jump on Slack at like midnight because I'm bored and have nothing else to do. And mm. I just want to see what's going on, you know, and I'll chat with people you know, who are working and Hey, um, I checked on this today. You know what I mean? I'll update them. They'll update me and, and it works out, but um, it is kind of a, a funny. It may not be healthy. Thing. And I think that especially if people don't have a dedicated workplace in their home, like if people are working out of their bedroom still, which I mean, that's the pandemic sparked that, right? I mean, you see people working out of the corner of their bedroom all the time or on the kitchen table. Um, I think it's harder to get away there. You know, like for me now, my new office is upstairs. So if I want to go because I'm bored, like do something quick at work, I got to walk up like, you know, a flight of stairs and, and I'm lazy. So it's easier for me to avoid work the past month or so. Um, Mm. But I think that, um, yeah, I, I really think that it could be unhealthy for employers, which in turn is unhealthy for him. It could be unhealthy for employees, which in turn is unhealthy for employers. If you have um, your employees that can't not be at work. So that's interesting that you say that, Catherine, because you have a dedicated workspace, but you still, you know, yeah, will do something at midnight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it's funny. Dave FOMO. Barry. Dave Barry um, <laughs> the comic writer who's really brilliant and funny, uh, uh, wrote a number of years ago that, you know, working at home, he said two things happen when you work at home. One is you become really intimate with your pets, you know, that your dog will love this. And the the other is you get to have lunch 31 times a day. You know? <laughs> Sadly, that might be true. <laughs> and this is this is true. And And for undisciplined people like me, it's like, I'm tired of sitting here. I'm going to go have a snack, you know, and I, I go to the kitchen and I'm, I'm opening a bag of chips. I'm looking for the dip. I'm looking for, you know, for, I don't drink soft drinks, which is a fortunate thing, but um, I never had a sweet tooth, which it helps. Whereas my wife, Joyce, she, she's disciplined about it. She said, hey, I'm, going to, I'm going to eat two times today. Really, she only eats about twice. But the second time is like this really gourmet meal because she's a great cook. Um, but I mean, that's, She'll spend a lot of time in the kitchen, but it's not eating. It's preparing things for other people. And then I come in and like, get out of here. <laughs> so I get to I get to have lunch only like three or four times a day, you know. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty bad about that. My office downstairs office was right next to the kitchen, which made it even oh. worse. So um, I mean, and I have no shame, right? I'll just eat a pinch of cheese right out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I mean, having been at you know, places like uh, Google, um, you know, it's the one case, that case I know of. Oh, there was, an, there was another company I worked with somewhere, had a similar thing. Like, all the food you can eat, here it is, it's all here. Uh, you know, we have a Google, for example, at least on their campus, you know, they want to go to the Thai place, you want to go to the, the Italian place, you want to go to, the, I mean, they're all just these multiple places on campus and there's like endless trail mix everywhere and make your own espressos and cappuccinos and the rest of it i don't know if they still do that or not i know some companies quit doing that because you know they get they realize how much overhead it is 
But but at home, I mean, you buy your own groceries. I wonder if you could, you know, get extra special pay so I can like I'm gonna feed myself. So that's, that should be an allowance you guys should give me because I'm not coming into the office with the free food. The company I used to work for provided lunch every day for the entire headquarters. I was a mm. remote worker, so I didn't get that. I would have loved to have like daily lunch delivered. That would have been awesome. That would be but, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Little. I've heard rumors of nitro cold brew on tap. Nitro, Just wow. Oh. I, can't, I can't even have caffeine anymore. So, you know, there's... Uh, uh, and actually, I read something today that said of somebody that quoted somebody that said, okay, the stages of coffee are, as you get older, you know, coffee with milk and sugar, and then without the sugar, just the milk, and then decaf, and then death. And <laughs> and then said this person was at the decaf stage. And I've been at the decaf stage now for like a few years, which is, and I love coffee, but it does get to me if it's if it's caffeinated, which is terrible. But yeah. So at this point, I need it to survive. Death, <laughs> death made me, the thing death made me think of this one real big issue with remote workers and this is specific to the u.s is healthcare. um i've worked oh, yeah. i worked for a company wow. on the west coast so i live in michigan I, I worked for a company on the west coast for like a decade and if i lived on the west coast the insurance that i had was incredible because yeah. i have a west coast insurance and I live in Michigan, everything is out of network. Even the extended network doesn't cover things. So health insurance, if you're a remote worker of any distance, wow. is a real, real issue. That's a really great point because yeah, essentially the, the healthcare system in the US is an insurance system. And it is assumed, even with say like with Obamacare, that employers are gonna cover it. Okay, it's all about employers covering Healthcare, and if you're a solo worker, that's you're kind of SOL, right? Uh, but, um, but the whole notion, I think that may be something that does keep people going to the office, as it were, you know. And in state, I, is I just get better healthcare when I'm doing that. Yeah, I think that it's an economies of scale kind of thing, where you have to the company has to be large enough to be to have people spread out yeah. enough to incentivize them to go with a uh, you know an insurance company that has coverage everywhere. But oh, and. So does that mean, you know, maybe this is going to be a change or at least, you know, another another catalyst that might help make insurance less sucky uh, for, you know, a, a wider geographic range? You know, right now it's it, there are a few, I think, that have good nationwide coverage, but I'm I'm not even sure that that exists. Even if you go like the big names like what Blue Cross Blue Shield is known everywhere, but they're all specific like Blue Cross mm -hmm. Blue Shield of, of Northern Texas. Michigan. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure that that really helps anyway. So I don't know. I mean, here, you know, my my liberal roots are going to show now, you know, I think that we should just have nationwide health care that, you know, even if we bought, yeah, okay, uh, I'm frustrated that um, that not only are we we tied to specific employers because of that but I, I think it's hard on employees it's hard on employers because the reason that i had the insurance i had is because the employer was trying to do the best they could for the comp for the employees i mean seriously it was it was rolls royce insurance if you lived in the pacific northwest so they were doing the best they could for their employees they just happened to have like a dozen employees that didn't live anywhere near the pacific northwest and i don't know there's got to there's got to be a better way. Yeah, um, I I was thinking that uh, at one point I um, when I lived in Northern California, a lot of companies use Kaiser, and Kaiser is a big HMO, you know, and um, but if you moved away, you're just you're you're in a completely out of luck, you know, and and it's too tied up with that. And Kaiser is one of those is like. It's not just Northern California. It's in places in Southern California. It's in other places as well, but it's patchy. Whatever mm -hmm. happened to? Didn't wasn't Amazon going to get together with like a bank and uh, Warren Buffett or somebody, and they were going to like together like fix healthcare? Oh, that sounds familiar. Wasn't there something like that? I, I guess I he decided to go to space instead. It, yeah. <laughs> it's fr so my current employer um, just gives me a stipend, right? So I just have a monthly stipend that. Is mm -hmm. very generous. It's very generous, but it doesn't cover what my employer provided. You know, healthcare coverage. Right. So yeah. uh, private I, policies are 
yeah i mean and that you know the deal is i i get so my employer is giving me the same amount that it cost him for his big company but he group buys right i mean he buys for you know 200 employees he gets a deal right you get a discount when you buy for 200 people so the percentage of that that i now get for my stipend it doesn't cover that same amount of coverage so now i have to do the the marketplace have either of you done the marketplace thing no, no. i've, I've researched that? it but no i never have yeah the like the the obamacare marketplace for oh yeah or yeah whatever. it's expensive yeah, to get the good stuff yeah see that's my thought and so i'm you know that's what i'll be looking at because right now i'm just doing cobra you know i'm just paying cobra fees which my stipend doesn't quite cover um, but i have the same moderately good for where i live health insurance but i have to figure out what i'm going to do and that's a weird thing that is kind of specific to remote workers now for me it's not pandemic related uh you know because i've been remote for a long time it's just new job related but i think if a lot of people are going to be remote workers and they start to move to places that are cheaper like i mentioned you're like hey why don't we move to iowa and get a house for you know one hundred and ten thousand dollars? um they're going to have issues with healthcare. Yeah. And, and then the marketplace is different from state to state. I, I really, is it? I, oh, yeah, I think so. It's th there. It's it's a very weird and idiosyncratic thing. And you, you kind of need an expert to guide you through the process, frankly, because it's it's more complicated than it should be, like many things in life. Um, yeah. Well, it's because it's 1700 compromises that each side yeah. of the aisle had to make in order to, you know, cover up another desire of the other side of the aisle so what we ha what we have at the end is this ridiculously complex thing that is a that is not what anybody wanted <laughs> you know right so yeah it's a i would i so, consider my own uh, politics i mean i'm not registered with a party um um but pretty um i'm very pro-business I, I especially small business i, I want as little red tape as possible for small business and for anything um, energetic and inventive. I, I want I want as few few limits on what they could do. But with healthcare, I do think healthcare is a right, and I do think we need, if not single payer, we need something that's much more simple and available than what we have now. And we're, nice not gonna get it. we're just not going to get it in the U.S. Yeah. It's just, it's not, I know. It's politically It'd be nice if employers didn't have to worry about that anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to worry about what health care you're going to provide your workers? Right. If, and how many businesses don't plate? happen because they thought, oh, geez, if I start a business, then I'm responsible for all the health care of my employees. Um, you know. So when's Apple going to get on the game? <laughs> <laughs> Apple yeah. health insurance. Well, they, you know, I actually I was, I, you know, I joke, but I was thinking the other day, I was looking at something Peloton, I don't know. And I was thinking, well, God, I wonder when Apple's going to come out with their own because they can't, there's Apple fitness, right? The app and, and hmm. the content. And I'm wondering, I'm like, I, I could totally see Apple coming out with their own fancy fitness bike and treadmill and all this stuff and squatching Peloton. I think that could happen. Hmm. You know, it seems kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand with health. Now, you know, health insurance companies are, are asking you to sync up your, your Apple Watch with their data, which, of course, I don't think I would ever do. But <laughs> um, I don't know if Apple provided good health care insurance. Right. And right. For the right price. With, yeah. I would turn on my phone if it meant or turn on my watch so they can watch my heartbeat if it meant that I could afford actual coverage, which is sad and dystopian in and of itself. But yeah, I'd probably do it. It's, it's interesting. I, I, I have a cardiologist uh, here in New York who. Who told me? He says, you know, I, I could do an EKG now, but that's going to cost cost the government because I've on Medicare uh, uh, two hundred bucks. He said, let me look at your watch. <laughs> you know, let, let me see what your watch says. You know, and I can I can actually, you know, I can do an uh, an EKG. It's it's only it's only a one lead EKG. Uh, it's not the complete one, but it's but it does give him an idea. You know, and that you know th that that was an interesting thing to me that you know. But that was on my, you know, four hundred dollar watch, whatever it cost at the time. I forget, but it's 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 in. Yeah, that mine range. does that. I have my Apple Watch. Yeah, mine does it yeah too. all three of us are here with an Apple Watch. Yeah. You can see them. Yeah, mine. <laughs> mine. Mm -hmm. It's telling me time to stand, you know. But I'm not going to do that. I'm sitting. Yeah. Mine didn't tell me, and it should have. Yeah, mine... Oh, I must have walked around before. Oh no! Yeah. Remember yeah. when I stood up and went over to my. Uh, oh yeah. My air oh, conditioner that's what it was. Yeah. 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 I did it. 
I've, it's trained me well. I, I make a point. I stand a lot. I stand and walk around just even in the room. It's funny. I go literally like walk across the room to look at the plant without thinking about it. And I realize it's probably because my watch has trained me. <laughs> can, can you breathe as slowly as it tells you to breathe? I, I have can, never done that thing. I ignore the it's, whole it's breathing. It's not a It says, try breathing. Here's breathing. And, and it does this thing where it slowly expands this little flower-like thing and then contracts it. And I'm trying to breathe along with that. I'm thinking... I need I need to pant in the middle of this because it's so slow, um, but no, I you know. Can do it, I, but I um, yeah, I don't do it very much. Every I time I sarcastically tell my watch that I know how to breathe, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually really like the breathe app. That's one of my favorite things. I just I don't know why it stopped reminding me to do it. Uh, I guess I ignored it too many times. Yeah, Man, I really I really want Apple Healthcare now, which just makes me a horrible. <laughs> yeah, it just it's, I don't know. Well, because it would probably just work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, the, the health app, um, somebody we ought to have on the show at some point is a guy I know who worked as an outsider with Apple on the, or the, his company did anyway, with Apple when they were coming up with Apple Health and, and their privacy policy, you know, which is they do not want to know your health at all. They don't want to have that knowledge, but they want to give you ways of participating in research if you want to and other things like that and i was actually in their original trial uh for looking at your gait to see if it implied parkinson's or i don't know what you know mm. hip problems something else but but I, I was entitled to my own data at the end of that i didn't bother with it but you know i was like well yeah you had a hip replacement and you limp you know but i don't really limp but um they could make a case that we could tell that you had a hip replaced, which they probably could. Yeah, I'm amazed that a little well creepy know, in and of itself, right? Yeah, that they, they, they know when you're laying down, they know when you're sleeping, um, they know if you've been bad or good. <laughs> 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 like the song, you know, nothing this Christmas because your watch narked on you. But yeah, I mean, it's an, inter an interesting thing. I mean, it, employment, health, where we work, how we work, why we work. You know, kids in school. I think it's another thing. I mean, on the one hand, a lot of kids that were not privileged with the internet and uh, a stable home life were probably worse off during the during the uh, during the pandemic. But I think a lot of kids and families that were, you know, families where kids' curiosity was fed and the school was enlightened about it probably did better in some ways. You know, which yeah, is my wife way. is a teacher, and, and so yeah. I can you know firsthand I can tell Speak you that there were it. some. There were some good things and there were some really bad things yeah, with, with yeah. regard to remote learning. Uh, the younger kids, especially, it was just rough. I mean, there was, yeah, they just, they're so tactile. They, they're, you know, right. it's hard to keep their attention. Yeah. The young kids struggled the absolute worst. I think that middle school, middle school was, was kind of a crapshoot, you know, for some things I did. Okay. Some things I didn't high school did surprisingly well. I, Personally, mm -hmm. I think that for most of the purely academic, and that's another thing, for the purely academic courses, I think that it was okay. Um, and I think kids could be taught to do better at it. Uh, but there's a lot more to school than just the academics, right? I mean, my wife taught academics, but also she's a drama teacher. It's pretty mm. tough to do drama class over Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, I know. My daughter Every is, day the, is a monologue. <laughs> she's the chair yeah. of her theater department at her university. And mm. and I mean, they've produced some stuff, but certainly n nothing in their fabulous theater. <laughs> you know? uh, and then uh, one of my nephews uh, runs the theater, the whole the whole theater thing. He teaches regular courses, too, but he's like in charge of all the theater stuff for his high school in and near Seattle. And uh, and they they did I mean they actually produced a thing they actually produced a play but th the way they did it and how they did it was really pretty creative but it involved not being around each other while still shooting each other at a distance and with masks and just a whole thing it's pretty complicated. Yeah, I tried to I so I tried to um not not this school year but the previous one when the mm -hmm. pandemic started halfway through the last school yeah. year right uh I tried to convince Donna, to, my wife, to get her kids to do a, a strictly video thing. Like they had already learned all their lines for the play, but then they were completely not allowed to do anything together. I said, well, have them, you know, somebody record them with their, with a phone or whatever, say their line. If there's a prop they hand, you know, hand it off screen. And then the next 
person will receive something even if it's a different prop you know like mm-hmm. a flower and they receive a different flower and then say their lines and have a conversation looking off to the screen i said and i i volunteered to edit all that footage together i thought it would have been really funny obviously not the same but it would have mm-hmm. been creative but the kids they they weren't interested they were they were fuddy duds and didn't want to do it so yeah yeah i think it would have been cool that would have been cool and, and interesting as you were saying that about uh, little kids versus middle school versus high school mm-hmm. um i was reminded of of how my uh uh my older son when he was in a he was he was like a born learner he just learned everything instantly and and um and he was in the you know in the the sort of the gifted program is a term i actually hate but there it was in his junior high but he wasn't paying attention he was very hyper he was a hyper kid he was very kinetic and ran around a lot and stuff and and i remember talking to one of the teachers and the teacher said have you let me tell you something about it It was junior high school actually um i don't even know is that middle school like junior high seventh and eighth grade anyway yeah yeah and and the teacher said have you noticed that everything they teach they're going to teach again in high school so don't worry about it (laughs) they're going to do it over again this is a terrible age you know everybody hates this is not a great age they're going through puberty they're discovering you know their sexuality, their bodies are changing, they're being nasty with each other. There's all kinds of stuff going on that's, that, you know, in tribal times we had rituals around this and we'd take them off into the woods and, you know, and show them a bear and whatever else it was. And now here we are, you know, here we are sticking them in a class, a whole bunch of other kids that are the same age and, and maturing at different rates and it's horrible and don't worry about it. And it was fine. <laughs> it all worked out There's- fine. The yeah. teacher has a good point there. I mean, they're yeah. just a bunch of emotional, horny, stinky little humans, to be quite honest. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. just... It's, mm. it's like that. I mean, it's just... Uh, um, yeah. Um, it, it, it was another teacher for my daughter, who's now the chairman of her theater department at her university. But when she was small, there was... She went to this... This is in North Carolina. In North Carolina, at that time, had no kindergarten. And, and then there was some kindergartens, and then it was entirely elective up to the school system if they wanted a kindergarten or not. And where we were, I think we were in Durham at the time, they had no kindergartens. So I sent her to this, um, what she even called sandbox school. It was in the woods and it was everybody played and so forth. They had a really inspired teacher and he was great. And, um, and she, she came home with, they had, they had one boy who was just into everything sexual and like, would draw pictures of, of that are anatomically correct for a kid who was six or something like that of the of male and female teachers and stuff, and she came home with drawings he made herself. There were like copies of the ones he was making, and and we talked to the teacher and I and and he said it's really funny. He said, first of all, let me just tell you, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Okay, do you think it matters? Kids draw stuff. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like what they do. And he said, but here's a more important thing. From now on, through your kids' entire life until they're adults, your influence does nothing but decrease. <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. So just learn to adjust. And, and and it was really helpful to me. It didn't help her a bit, I don't think. And she did fine on her own. She's just, she was a great student, you know, ended up getting a five beta capper from Berkeley. I mean, it's not like she did bad, you know, but, but it was, you know, it was, and she worked it out for herself, you know. I mean, it, she went through bad times and good times in school. And, you know, her junior high was entirely boys and girls. That's what that was about. You know, every day she'd come home with stories about that. So now know. I'm questioning our entire educational system, Doc. Oh, I've done that forever. <laughs> oh, know, God. First health it. insurance, now education. We're yeah. Well, uh, it, it's so easy. heavy this time. What about it's the easy. Matrix? Can we do that chip thing? Just yeah. Like, <laughs> I loved, I mean, I would want that so bad. I know jujitsu. <laughs> Give me more, heck yeah! Uh, you know, I know, I know. Kung like Fu that now. for a handful of programming languages at the moment. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Oh my that god. That would be great. Yeah, I would much rather learn programming languages than human ones. That'd be great. Even though I'd love those, I'd love to know French. I'd love. I'd finish I, yeah, learning I'd like German. That for some spoken language as well. Yeah. But you I'd know, like it would be stupid. It would be stupid though, because you would have to like actually live in a thirty-second ad before they would let you learn jujitsu. You'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> that is frighteningly be, accurate. Yeah, that, is, that would that definitely. Be, what a horrible thought. Oh my yeah. God. 
Yeah, we've oh. we've talked about advertising a lot on the show. But, but would I, it be a relevant ad? I, I, well, that's the thing. So I, I another if you thing give them your data <laughs> that I got. I know there's a, there's a cartoon I have on the wall over there. That's a it's a lemonade stand and and there are a couple of kids behind the lemonade stand. There's no price on it and uh, um, uh, but um, and and the two adults standing are standing nearby and one says to the other, "Oh, it's free, but they but they use your data." <laughs> For this lemonade stand. Oh no, they they sell your personal information. It's free, but they sell your personal information. Um, so I was talking to another young person who simply believes that all advertising just goes away. It's a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Why? Because people don't want it. <laughs> how does how does this happen? Uh, but just let nature take its course. I don't know. People also don't want to pay for stuff. And yeah, when but... you sell a little bit of your soul by watching an ad, I mean, I've seen, okay, I see adults and I know that we're probably going over time here, but I've seen a lot of very intelligent adults with money where they could spend money to pay for the $3.99 ad, sit through so many video ads so they can crush more candy that I just I worry about humanity. Well, I th th those are adults and they're acclimated. And on top of that, as one of the many lawyers I hung out with uh, when I was hanging out at, at a law school, uh, that wasn't in law school, but I was located there. If there's no harm, there's, there's kind of no harm, no foul. People don't sense the harm other than I've wasted my time, right? I just that soaked up time for me, and I don't that, that I've, I've lost that time, but. As long as you know nobody's you know knocked on their front door with some hand showed up with some handcuffs or whatever that it you know or if nobody's been kidnapped or something, people don't sense it, but it's it's more like the I'm, I'm thinking of it purely in market terms, which is not that's just the only way we get the free internet. No, the internet was free to begin with. It's still free. It's like gravity's free. We it comes with it comes standard. A business model, you know, pays for stuff. But frankly, Google makes what sixty to eighty percent of its money on search ads that don't even need to follow you. There's just plain old search ads. They're, they're, you know, you search for the height of, I mean, you know, you search for, you know, the height of Mount Everest, and you get, um, you get vacations in Nepal. You know, so what? You know, it, it's there. It, it's some, it's robotic guesswork based on what you've just searched for, not rather than your entire history. Um, but, but just in terms of what do we, not so much what do we want, what do we pay for, but when we're out, if we were to zero base it all, which is sooner or later, we never get to that, but we do get to lots of iterations. Um, you know, when we, I mean, just imagine that we do get the whole a la carte economy, um, and the a la carte economy in the a la carte economy. And I know two projects working on this right now, which is, I, you know what? I hear a song, I've heard it, um, my Shazam or something equivalent to it notices that, um, I'll pay a penny for that. And I've got it set up so I could do that automatically. Or I could set up my, my browser so I'm going to give a penny to everything that I've spent this amount of time on. And I'm setting that up. It's not some cloud-based service is doing it for me. It's one where I'm doing it. And um, the Washington Post will get some money and, and uh, you know, the you know, the LA Times will get some money and, you know, Vox or whatever else I've been, I've looked at will get some money, but it won't be much, but it'll be based on what I actually sp pay my attention to. Um, and I've decided what that's going to be. That's a doable thing. It's a totally doable thing, but it doesn't Seems get pretty utopian to me. I, I'm not sure. Well, that's that we're me, man. Get I'm there. all about that. You know, I'm, um, <laughs> uh, but I, I am cyber utopian. I mean, that's, I mean, that's an idea that I had and some other people had like 15 years ago. But I think it's, I think it's doable. And if we do get to um, a place where our, where our apps do not have to run on Apple or Android, you know, and they can run on whatever else that we're running, um, my watch is telling me to take a pill. I was just, you know, that's why I paused there, and poked at my arm. Uh, it's, uh, but I, I mean, I, I think it's entirely plausible that we do get to something that's not so much an a la carte world where you know where we're always choosing from somebody else's menu but where we have our own means for expressing what we're willing to pay for 
in full mindfulness of the actual cost of those things. You know, it costs it costs Virgin Vox and and uh, you know the LA Times money to put this out, and I respect that, and I'm going to pay a certain amount because I'm willing to do that because they need it, and not that I'm willing to have them sell my data on some market I've not have nothing to do with. Um, you know, because they've got some deal with a bunch of back end companies. That's 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 and and that's a waste on top of that. You know, it's just a it's a big guesswork mill. That eventually, if uh, Augustin Fu, who um, has been on the show twice or more, and who uh, I recommend going back and listening to his show, his things, and whose house I, we're going to have dinner with him tomorrow night too. He's here in New York. Has pointed out, you know, that it's a it's a broken system. It's a really, really, really broken system um, where there's well, a lot of... it's not broken for the big advertisers. They've he, broken he, it in his just case the right is, way. It is, it is for them because they're getting, they're getting a lot of bullshit results. They're getting a lot of... A, a, a lot of the people who watch that weren't people at all. They were bots. Yeah. A lot of them got shown on fake sites to fake people and, 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 and to fake exposures. And on top of that, as another friend of ours who ran a big um, RTB company, real-time bidding company, said... It simply flat out does not work. I mean, it it's, yeah, your 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 attention gets auctioned off, and you get an ad for something that some robot, you know, outbids some other robots to think you might want to see. When in fact you're you're blocking the ad, or you don't want to see it at all, and it does nothing for you. You know. Um, well, if you happen to read our newsletter that went out today, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was an, a link to an article in Inc. Um, that I thought was kind of interesting. Mm. Had an interesting take. Uh, kind of along these lines, going back to Google and 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 retiring third-party cookies and Flock and all of that. So they're they're moving. Uh, they're they're postponing. You got your thunder right. there. Massive thunder! Did y'all hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. And, and we had we had some here a little while ago. But go go, go ahead, Catherine. I'll, I'll anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So they're they're supporting third-party cookies until 2023 which inevitably postpones the rollout of the federated learning of cohorts uh experiment uh you know well going from experiment to to fruition but um anyway the the, the take in this article which you know is an interesting read i think um is basically that i mean it's good for uh, the end of third-party cookies actually serves google i mean some people there are cynical views that maybe missed a point but Ultimately, if there's no third-party data, if it's all first-party data, well, Google controls it all anyway, right? So, you know, maybe this is not a bad thing for them. It's even, uh, it puts even more control in their hands if there aren't any third-party cookies, but I don't know. Anyway, it's it going back to this idea of, uh, you know, search advertising. I don't know. That was not terribly coherent. But no, but, 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 check but, out the article. It was yeah, check it out. I mean, I I I want to plug the uh, uh, the newsletter again because Catherine does an, a, a terrific job of 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 curating just useful and relevant uh, links, and one you could stick in there if you feel like it. Just because we'll talk about it for the next minute on the show, is something called LightningMaps.org, and Lightning Maps actually shows you your live lightning, and. And I just put in a, another one for Houston, and it is cool because it shows a dot, and it shows a circle expanding around the dot slowly, oh, look at that. and that's the sound, you know. Uh -huh. Now, it's I don't know how live it is, and a weird thing with lightning is a lot of lightning is happening only in clouds, and it take it, it take place over miles wide of clouds, so it's a little hard to. Same with the, data. The, the, oh, here comes the, yeah. one. It's about to hit me. I see it. I see it. Yeah, oh, you see it. It's okay, on the hold on. Now I'm telling you, well, y'all can see where I live. Okay, I'm watching it's it almost too. there. It's going to see it's crossing that freeway, so it's, it's coming it's by me. It's crossing the yellow dot from the last. You see that little intersection of yellows right there, and right. Yeah. Oh, here, that's it's about to hit me right there. Wait, I don't hear it though. I bet and it was that big one before. I think it's delayed. I think it's a slight delay on this. Yeah, this must have been the big one because the big one that you heard, and because I have, um, I'm also looking at New York, and New York just. It's it's a little off. It's a little off time wise. So because we 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 have storms in both places right now. So that's pretty cool. I oh oh, it's been awful. I mean, I, I was literally like traumatized. Did I tell you all the 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 seven hour trip from my mom's house? It's supposed to take three because oh, yeah, I ten was that. flooded yeah. over. That doesn't happen anyway. That was the the moment. I'm like in my older car. It's it was a twenty. Oh my god. 
yeah anyway i bought a new car because of it because i was so freaking i'm like no my car can't handle this weather anymore it doesn't have the clearance it doesn't you know it doesn't have the the headlights i couldn't see it was crazy like i (laughs) i freaked out i'm like that's it i'm getting a newer safer car a, a, a couple of years ago uh, we were driving from bloomington indiana to um to gambier ohio which is on the other side uh, uh, road wise of columbus and there were thunderstorms that f- were on top of us moving east the whole way and it was it was torture i, I remember when we got somewhere along the way like somewhere near dayton or something we we literally just pulled over and just waited for it to pass. Just say, we're going to stay here and wait for this to pass. And it did pass. And then we started driving it and we got right into it. It just, it was like that. And yeah. And I see they're, they're all over the South right now. They're Northeast of Houston. And then they're over toward Lafayette and Lafayette and Baton Rouge are getting it right now. Uh, Beaumont, um, a couple are hitting in new Orleans. Um, if you want a really boring place to live, Northern Michigan has, <laughs> we don't, we don't get tornadoes, right we don't get hurricanes, we don't get real bad lightning storms, there's no venomous snakes, there's no, I mean, really? we got nothing. Yeah, we have, we have snow, snow in the winter time, you get but snow. that's usually yeah. slow that and okay. just stay inside. I'm okay with that. There's a, yeah. there's a thunderstorm going on the north side of Lake Superior right now, though, like a you know that's canada this right? is okay canada. I, I'm, canada doesn't count I gotta, be, I gotta be honest here this rain it's like it's that weird rain it's the weird like tropical storm-ish kind of yeah like where it's it's like kind of raining sideways and it hits the window <laughs> in a weird way and it makes a strange sound it's i don't know it's a, i think this is supposed to be a gulf coast thing but it's like Catherine. yeah yeah it's yeah. creepy it's like poltergeist <laughs> it's you know the movie poltergeist uh, yeah anyway it's very yeah. poltergeisty so the the movie Poltergeist is based on a case that the outfit that I worked with in Durham that studied the possibility of life after death. And, and in fact, um, it, it, a lot of the stuff in Poltergeist was based on that, actually. Yeah, it was based on the work that we did. We never did find life wow. after death. And in fact, I wrote a it's phony story about it, a phony academic paper um, on 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 parapsychological research that had footnotes and citations like a wave theory of death and the second report of Mrs. Veeble's smart dog and 20 copies suggestive of reproduction. <laughs> I feel like I need to, if I, I wonder if I can get the microphone over to the window. No, I, don't I heard it. it. We can hear it. Yeah, heard that. You hear the rain? A nice crash. I'm not hearing the rain, but I definitely hear the, the thunder. That was great. All right. Um, see you next week, guys. Yeah. Right. yeah. Hey, thanks. This is fun. I don't know if we even had a topic. My favorite, my favorite quote, my quote, if there is such a thing, is the the killipus. I, I think that's really the. <laughs> that really that's the, gonna be my the graphic. That's gonna be the little yeah, thing on the, the newsletter. It's gonna say killipus. Like, it's word. not a megapus. That's a million. So, it's a killipus. <laughs> so thanks, yeah. everyone.